Hello and welcome back to the Flying Green Sports Podcast. I am Brian Ebel here with, of course, Michael Nanya. And uh, the NFL draft was just a couple weeks ago, Michael, and uh, we're here giving our reactions for the Eagles and the Jets and uh, the first round itself. Uh, but how are you doing today? Not too great, considering the <laughs> Knicks season came to an end yesterday. But uh, I definitely appreciate the fact that they – you know, gave us some actual playoff basketball to watch, especially some playoff wins, because sometimes mm-hmm. they get in and don't do anything. But uh appreciated to have some fun watching the playoffs, but it felt like they had the potential to go further. But tonight, we will see if the Eagles will be joining them. Or the Eagles, I said. Wow. The Sixers will be joining they them. They don't play tonight. On their tropical vacation. It's not tonight? Or no, they play tomorrow. They play on Mother's Day. So they'll at least survive two more days than the next. Yeah, I'll see. They have to go into Boston game seven. Couldn't close it out uh, in Philly. Um, they uh, down were down pretty big uh, early on in the first, came back. Stormback took the lead, and then Jason Tatum could not miss an open shot or any kind of shot to save his life, and that uh, spelled the doom for the Sixers. So game seven, we'll have to win a third game in Boston. going to be very tough to do. Um, the second round of the Sixers don't get along too well, so we'll have to see how that goes tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow night, I it's either I think three o'clock or eight o'clock. I don't think they decided on the time for that one, but we'll see about that. Um, but speaking of football, kind of you jumped the gun there. Uh, the NFL draft. What are your thoughts on the uh, on the Jets' uh, first round draft pick? Yeah, it was an. Interesting first round for the Jets because obviously a couple of days before the draft comes, they moved down with the Aaron Rodgers trade. They finally got him. Finally got it, made it official. Uh, they moved down from 13 to 15, and it's a lot of people were acting like it wasn't going to affect anything. But then draft day comes around, and it does affect them because, mm-hmm. you know, everyone wanted to get one of those four offensive tackles. And by the time 13 came around, three of them were gone, but Broderick Jones was still there. (laughs) And then pick 14 comes up, which is the Patriots, and they trade to the Steelers and they take Broderick Jones. And there there has there have been some rumors that maybe the Patriots did it on purpose. Belichick trying to spite the Jets again. Uh, So that might be true, might not be true. But either way, that's what happened. And we don't know if the Jets you know, would have taken Broderick Jones or not, but in the eyes of the fan base and media, I think it was definitely seen as a loss to not get that tackle because that was the biggest positional need. And uh-huh. that's the one, the one spot where, you know, that's a position where if the Jets took someone in the first round, they could have came right in and been a starter. Uh-huh. Um, but instead they pivot and they make a pretty surprising pick. I mean, no one was talking about this at all as a potential option there, even if there aren't many teams at all who saw him as a first round option, even yeah. Will McDonald from Iowa state. I knew barely anything about him. I just saw him in the second round of mock drafts pretty frequently. Um, edge was not a huge need for the jets, but I've come around on the pick because you know, he's, he's got superstar potential with the tools that he has. He'll, he'll probably need some developing, but the bend is tremendous the explosion, explosion yeah. off the line of scrimmage and he was playing out of position at uh at iowa state they had him playing inside way too much which made no sense because he's only 240 pounds so uh the jets will get him out 
in the wide nine. He'll be able to explode, use that bend. So there is real top-tier potential there. And the Jets have a really deep defensive line, but they don't have that guy on the edge who's like, you know, your Hassan Reddick. Got to throw the (laughs) Eagles in there. Your Von Miller, Brian Burns, um, Joey Boza, Nick Boza, your sack machine off the edge, Mm -hmm. like a really elite player. So he has the potential to be that. I don't know if he'll be it this year, which, you know, is maybe makes the pick a little more questionable because the Jets are trying to win now. And I don't think he's going to even really play that much this year. He might only be a situational guy, like 20 to 30% of the snap. So that is what makes it questionable. But the ceiling is very exciting and could give the Jets something that they don't quite have on their defense. Yeah, I was... um hearing a lot um like the eagles with pick 30 um you know edge rusher and i saw will mcdonald there a couple times who like you said he's really explosive he's got great get off the only i think downside for him um other than like his weight um will be 24 in june which is extremely old for a rookie especially someone that's not gonna contribute most likely right away so you're looking at age 25 26 of him maybe um possibly being a starter if that uh for the Jets and he's already quote unquote entering his prime, but only he's like two two, three years in the league and he's already kinda old. So that's the only kind of iffy thing about drafting someone that high who's that old. And um speaking of edge rusher for the Eagles, uh, um in my mock draft, I nailed pick thirty with the Eagles. Nolan Smith I um had fallen to him, pick thirty, um kind of out of the blue. I didn't even know why I had that there. <laughs> um, but first Eagles pick, we'll get into the Nolan Smith one in a little bit. Um, first Eagles pick. I mean, uh, speaking so that, of Nolan Smith, quickly before we get into it, yeah, because some people were talking about Edge as like an outside the box option for the Jets, but even when they did. I think Nolan Smith was the guy most people were thinking about as mm-hmm. like maybe the Jets will go there and this is a guy they could take, but uh, they actually went with McDonald. But uh, but yeah, what do you think about the Eagles first round? Um, I was uh, sitting there and and the way the board was falling was was pretty favorable for the Eagles, especially with the uh, the Cardinals moving after moving down, moving back up, and taking Paris Johnson, and then Tyree Wilson was also falling. I was thinking someone. Um, Maybe the Eagles would trade up for. Um, I saw like right before the draft started, he had all these. Uh, I think it was like a foot injury concern that teams were worried about, so he fell a little bit to the Raiders. Um, and then you get to the Falcons, who you know I talked about it before, were mocked heavily with Bijan Robinson, but I kept saying it. I don't really think it that made a whole lot of sense for him. Took him anyway. Um, I think for a team that has a bunch of holes like that, that. You know, Tyler Algier also had a pretty solid rookie year. I don't think they needed to go and get someone like Bijan, who in his own right is a terrific player, so it's not like a bad pick. Um, I just think they could have addressed needs otherwhere. And then um, pick nine comes. Bears are there. You're thinking Chicago probably goes O-line, and then the Eagles make the trade up, uh, jump up one spot, trade a, a fourth-rounder. And they uh, get maybe the best uh, player all around, talent-wise, in the draft, and Jalen Carter, which is a terrific get. I was really excited about that. Uh, he'll probably just start right away 
uh, next to Fletcher Cox, and we'll rotate. You know, Jordan Davis will be your nose tackle, but awesome, awesome pick for Philly with Jalen Carter. All the potential in the world to be a top tier defensive tackle or just defensive player um, in the league. And then, like I said before, pick thirty is coming around, uh, and somehow Nolan Smith was still on the board. Um, that didn't really make any sense, especially with teams like the Cowboys, um, maybe the Jags, uh, um, Cincinnati, even the Saints, teams I could use pass rush, um, all passed on them. And the Eagles take another Georgia defender, um, as they've done the past few years, and they get Nolan Smith. Uh, so nailed that one in my mock draft, pick number 30, Nolan Smith. I'd have to check back on my mock draft. I Actually, I think I did check, and it was pretty bad. And, I mean, there were so many <laughs> trades, too, no, which, yeah. which you expected are, is going to always come in and ruin your <clears throat> your mock draft a little bit. But definitely the top of the draft, I think some of the tackles went a little bit earlier than yeah. I expected. The Jets go, and, and the Falcons, I did not expect the B. John Robinson pick. Yeah, it was interesting. Like you said, I mean, tremendous prospect. He's a special running back prospect, but the Falcons – Already had Algier who played well last year. Their overall run game was like the only thing their team's actually good at. <laughs> and they decided to go with a running back in the first round, not address that terrible defense or passing game that has some good weapons, but definitely you want to help out Desmond Ritter. Although, you know, Robinson does obviously help, but mm-hmm. uh, just to get more offensive line help, I thought they could get or another receiver. So it was a surprising usage of assets. Even just. Just Say BPA, that. someone like Jalen Carter. Yeah, absolutely. Because you know their defense wasn't great either. But um, yeah, surprising first round in a lot of ways, and that's what we expected. It was, it was hard. It was as hard to nail down a consensus as ever. I feel like sometimes you go into the draft, and even down into the teens or the twenties, it's like you can kind of pick two guys who are in play, and then it you know sometimes will be accurate. But uh, this year is just no one know no one knew what was going to happen, and uh, we'll we'll see if this draft class is able to outperform some of its expectations because it wasn't a very hyped draft class compared to previous years. But it you know sometimes that doesn't translate to anything, and they could mm-hmm. play differently to expectations. But let's look at the rest of our team's draft classes here. Yeah, I was gonna we, just yeah. bounce off what you said on just surprising. Um... Talk about surprising first round. The Detroit Lions, um, definitely a real interesting first round for them. Uh, also, I guess you could touch on the fact uh, Eagles traded for DeAndre Swift in the middle of the draft. Yeah. Another another Georgia player had a you know, great one-two combo with him and Rashad Penny. Uh, DeAndre Swift could be really, really good, just kind of injuries. Same thing with him. Um, but the Lions go Jameer Gibbs at pick 12. Yeah. I thought that was really insane. And speaking um, of that quickly, there was one rumor that the Jets were right, yeah. going to take him, and that's why the part of why the Lions traded up. I don't think I buy that. It would drive me crazy if they did that. That would be really I, interesting. I like to think Joe Douglas isn't that crazy, but uh, who knows? Yeah, Jameer Gibbs. I mean, you know, it'd be a terrific one, too. Jameer Gibbs and Brees Hall, but how often would they even both be on the field at the same time? Right. And then the Lions at pick 18 take a linebacker, Jack Campbell, who's, you know, a solid player. But at pick 18, it it just makes you question what they're doing. Um, but they get opening day, uh, first the Chiefs opening game of the NFL season. So 
we'll see those players in action for uh for Detroit. But yeah, bouncing to our team's draft pick. Do you have any um player from the Jets draft class that you got your eye on? So maybe some like late round player that you think will make an impact for them? Well, their second round pick is probably the guy who's gonna make the most impact this year. Uh with the pick that they actually this was their original pick and they I forget which order it was because they trade for a lot or they trade Elijah Moore and they got back Cleveland's second round pick, which was back to back with the Jets pick. And they send one of those, uh, the higher of those two to Green Bay. And they used the other one to get Joe Titman, the center from Wisconsin, who in a, in a minor surprise, I guess, they took him over John Michael Schmitz, who was, yeah, you know, most people so considered him the number one center. It was pretty much a consensus. There was some low first round talk. But the Jets passing him. The Giants took him a few picks mm-hmm. later. Um, so that'll be an interesting discussion to watch as those two guys play in the same stadium. But uh, I, I like the pick because you just look at set, the history of centers drafted high recently. You know, the first few centers drafted, and most of them start, and they play pretty well. I look at Creed Humphrey a couple years ago who got drafted yeah. in the second round. They put him right in with a top-tier offense, a star veteran quarterback. And uh, he just comes right in and thrives. And I think Tittman yeah. can do the same thing. Like he's got good size at six six, which is unusual for a center. And maybe he'll block the throwing lanes a little bit. But he he has good bend for a guy of that height. He's able to get down, get good pad level. He's quick. He's good. Rogers throws it right off his helmet. He's just gonna hit his helmet all day. If it was Zach Wilson, he would definitely be hitting his head. But uh, <laughs> Rogers has a little more touch. Uh, but yeah, the pass. I like his pass protection. He picks up stunts and blitz as well. And center was outside of tackle, probably the number two need. They did re-sign Connor McGovern, but it was a very cheap deal. I think it was only one million that they brought him back for. Uh, so clearly, one million dollars. One million dollars, which is what you know SpongeBob wanted to sell his hat for. <laughs> but uh, you could also get Connor McGovern with that. But uh, yeah, it, they brought him back. And he'll compete, but I don't think they see him as the solution based on that price to retain his starting spot. Uh, so I think Tittman's going to start, win that competition, and hopefully be an upgrade and bring even more youth to this offensive line that now has two first-round picks, a high second-round pick with Tittman, and uh, you know Lakin Tomlinson plus Dwayne Brown. So there's a lot invested into that offensive line. If it can be healthy, yeah. it can be a good group. Yeah, the Jets are in um, a good situation. Um, I think I saw something the other day where I think Sauce was like talking about how they thought they were going to get OBJ, and he was like about to yeah. pick his jersey number or something, and and then I don't know what happened after that. So that was some of the latest Jets news that I saw. What are your what are your thoughts on that OBJ not signing with the Jets? Well, it was something that I think we were cautiously optimistic about happening but at the same time like you understood the concerns and everything like you know with his health and off the field so considering all that you know there was there was a price that i think we all considered fair to get him and if they were able to get him at that sort of number like i think we were thinking maybe 10 million around there then it would be a reasonable gamble but then the ravens swoop in at the last second and they give him yeah, up to eighteen million. And as soon as I saw that, I was like, "Okay, you guys can have him." <laughs> Take um, him. Like I talked myself into it. And and look, he's you know, despite everything, all the injuries, 
and you know off the field. He's still Odell Beckham, and you could see it yeah. in his workouts and the last time we saw him play in the Super Bowl. So there would still be a lot of upside to it. And with the Ravens, we'll see what he can do. It's I think it's a nice fit there for Lamar Jackson to finally have a, a guy like that to throw the ball to. Yeah. So we'll see what he does. But at the same time, I think there there was a number that the Jets had and the Ravens clearly just soared beyond that. And that's the only way that you know he was able to get there because, like Saw said, did seem like that was really close to happening. I mean, he was hugging Robert Sala at the owners' meetings in Arizona. Uh, he was like replying to a bunch of Jets players' tweets all the time. So it seemed like it was inevitable. And the clearly the Ravens' offer had to be much higher than what the Jets were going to give him for him to back out of that and go over there. So I'm not too concerned considering the price. Uh, the Jets have been able to make some nice moves with the money they saved from that. They got. Al Woods, the defensive tackle, Randall Cobb to add to the depth. Obviously, not yeah, equi- I forgot not Randall equivalent Cobb. to uh, the impact that Beckham would have, but uh, still a nice backup option. Uh, they got Billy Turner add depth to the O line, McGovern. So they're they've been able to spread that money around and uh, add to the depth in a lot of different places. Yeah, I don't know how uh, Randall Cobb is still in the league. I feel like he's like got to be at least fifty by now. Packers, <laughs> oh, Packers, the Jets are just saying all. Yeah, signing all the old Packers receivers. Um, Alan Lazard, you know, solid. Randall Cobb might catch you 10 catches on the year. But they might all be touchdowns. I'll have those sure hands for them. Uh, But the Eagles draft picks, um, looking at, you know, there's a couple guys. um, Tyler Steen from Alabama, um, who they're going to move to guard. uh, could, Could be an interesting player just because it's, you know, a possibility. He could win the right guard spot, but I would probably give the edge to Cam Jurgens in there. But I'll we'll have to see how um you know camps go. Um and then Sidney Brown, who they drafted at the top of the third round, um, from Illinois. Um insanely athletic safety. He's just a little a little undersized. I think he's like five ten. Um, but he's got all all the athletic tools that you want and leadership ability that you want from someone the back end of your secondary and the Eagles need help uh, specifically at safety. Um, so he could possibly start there with uh, Terrell Edmonds, who they got from uh, the Steelers. Um, maybe Reed Blankenship plays. So it'll be an interesting uh, safety battle for the Eagles. Um, and then also in the fourth round, trading all the way up, they traded a future third round pick um, to get this pick and taking Healy Ringo also from Georgia another Georgia Bulldog there. So he'll be uh, probably a special teams guy, maybe a gunner. I don't know if he did that at Georgia or not. Uh, but definitely definitely probably cornerback four or five for them. Um, but also terrific athletic ability, um, lots of potential there. Take a chance on someone in the fourth round. So I think um, the Eagles had a had a pretty solid draft, even their seventh-round pick, Moro Ojomo from uh, Texas, the D-tackle. Um, a lot of people would think he would have won a couple rounds earlier. Um, so terrific value there with him, just to add more depth at the defensive line position. Yeah, so I think both of our teams really uh, – yeah, and just looking at the rest of this Jets draft quickly. Um, I don't know if any of these guys are going to be day one starters, but I think the Jets mostly attacked athletic guys with a lot of potential who could mm-hmm. be developed and potentially develop into – starters 
beyond the season because you know once Aaron Rodgers retires whether that's after this year or after next year you're still going to want to have a core that's ready to step up and keep you competitive it's not like they want to go into straight into a rebuild once he's done so you want to keep the future in mind with some of these moves and that's what I think they did with um their final five picks this draft um fourth and fifth round they drafted a couple offensive guys from pittsburgh carter warren yeah, that's what I was, I was thinking about that how do you uh, feel about uh the, i don't know how to say his name israel abanikanda <laughs> i don't know how to say it he abanikanda i like the name brooklyn native got some new york flavor in the locker room which is always good um are there are there any philly natives on the eagles uh the really... swift okay yeah before he's from philly that's good. It's always nice to have a hometown guy, but uh, but yeah, I like that pick. And um, he's like a home run hitter. He's got great top end speed. Uh, I think he's gonna fit the outside zone really well. He could use some work in the passing game. I think. I'm not sure he's ready to step in right away. And you know, if someone gets injured, he's ready to step in and be the number one guy. I don't think he's he probably needs a little more development until he gets there. But I do think he could step right in and be that change of pace guy. It gives you top end speed and home run hitting ability. Uh, he had that crazy game against uh, who was it? I forget who it was, but he had a game last year where he had like six touchdowns and 300 yards. Yeah. Um, so he showed that dominant potential in that game. So I, I like taking late round running backs. They have a pretty high hit rate. Um, yeah, even undrafted a, running backs, just undrafted running backs. Like just throw in there. It's a, Good hit rate. In there. We might we might average three yards a carry. Yeah, I mean we're we're getting close to being older rookies, so we're <laughs> NFL ready. Right there with Will McDonald, basically. Yeah, almost almost to that level. I mean, we're basically grandpas in terms of NFL rookie age. Um, so we're ready to contribute right away. Throw us in there, but yeah, drafting running backs every year, I think, is the strategy. Just cycle those guys in, cheap young guys who haven't taken a bunch of hits yet. Mm -hmm. that's the move and the jets have done that they drafted a running back every year since joe douglas came in so like the izzy abanacanda pick then the third day of the draft zaire barnes western michigan linebacker jark bernard uh bernard converse lsu cornerback and zach Kuntz, the tight end from old dominion he had a 10.0 relative athletic score all three of those guys were over nine in relative athletic score so they got a bunch of top tier athletes who Hopefully they can develop for the future. They're following in the uh in the Colts method. I don't know if you saw, but like everyone the Colts drafted had like like a nine five or higher on that. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. I think something. the I think the Jets were second on that same list. So those and the Jets do. I think their pro or their assistant GM Rex Hogan. I forget what his actual title is, but he came from the Colts. They do. They've made a lot of trades with the Colts and stuff. Brother of Hulk Hogan. Yes, Hulk Hogan's younger <laughs> brother. Um, yeah, the Jets and Colts have kind of had some similarities. And even the Eagles, like Joe Douglas, will do some similar philosophical things to the Eagles, like valuing the trenches because he comes mm. from the Eagles. Yeah, come from the Eagles. Miss some Miss Joey D. Um, but a lot of a lot of trades were made uh, to the Jets from the Eagles standpoint during the draft, you know, moving up, moving down. Did the Jets make a lot of trades? Yeah, the Jets did have a couple trades because I think by the time the um by the time this third day of the draft came around, they only had five picks because obviously they traded uh one in the Rogers trade, uh, and they had lost 
uh, yeah, they traded one of the Rodgers trade. They lost another one through another trade. I forget which, but they only had five picks. So they trade down a couple of times and they're able to push it up to seven picks. So they moved down. A couple of them were really low picks in the 200s. So not the highest value picks, but I feel like once you get to the, let's say the sixth round, all those picks are kind of about the same. I don't know if there's a huge difference between like mid sixth round, early seventh mm-hmm. and all that. So I, I like the strategy to just, Let's get more picks and just take as many stabs at this as we can. Yeah, um, the Eagles like to do that, like to acquire like late kind of futuristic, futuristic, late, late future round <laughs> futuristic draft. You're going to get picks in just the year 2016. Robot players, <laughs> AI players. <laughs> Generated players um, like Madden or something. Um, but they like to... You know, trade in the late rounds to acquire future draft picks um, often. Um, but big NFL news other than the draft, um, the schedule was released, what, two days yep. ago? Uh, how, how do you think the Jets' schedule looks? It's an interesting schedule, though. I mean, the biggest thing we were looking forward to was seeing how many prime times, primetime games they would get and where those fell. Reminds and... me of Cube Field when you see <laughs> Cube Field prime <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the inspiration so a lot of a lot of black and white cube field which is fitting because the jets on most primetime games wear their black uniforms so it's reminiscent of cube field uh we had six primetime games for the jets tied for the most were the eagles one of those teams that got six? they had, I mean, uh, they they had five five so five not quite on the jets level in terms of national appeal despite making the super bowl <laughs> who needs uh, them yeah, so we got the Bills to open the season on Monday night. I was, I was kind of hoping to see something lighter to open it up. Like, let's just beat the Falcons or the Texans, get off on a good start, and then take on some of those games. But no, yeah. Bills right off the bat, Bills Monday night. Then Cowboys, not a primetime game, but that's going to be in the spotlight. Then week four, Chiefs Sunday night. Jeez. A couple weeks later, the Eagles come into yeah. town. It was a week six, right? Jets yeah. still looking for their first ever win against first, the Eagles. Uh, what is it? Are they Owen? Is it ten? I think now. I think it's Owen ten, right? It's either Owen, ten or 11. nine or ten. Yeah, yeah, nine, ten, eleven, somewhere around there. Um, the Giants game did not get prime time, which I was somewhat surprised by, although they never do it. So, not really surprising, but also kind of because I, there was a chance week one, September eleventh, they could have put that yeah, uh, as the opener. Cool. But um, that's week eight. They got Monday night against the Chargers. Right after that, Sunday night against the Raiders. And they got Black Friday football against the Dolphins, making history. And then week 17, they're going to Cleveland for Thursday night. So a lot, I don't of, know why, a lot of Jets. I don't know why like Black Friday football is a thing. Like, like anyone cares about it. Like When I think of Black Friday, I don't, I don't think about football. I don't know why that's a thing now. I've Is always Amazon thing? Black Friday football. I've just every morning I wake up on Black Friday. Like I just wish there yeah. was football today. Why is My there lifelong dream? Why is there no? <laughs> Where's the football at on this this Black Friday? Um, yeah, the Eagles playing the Jets this year. That's gonna be that's gonna be a lot better than the previous time they faced. Yes. Um, previous few t- uh, two times were both just complete no contest <laughs> games. Luke Falk, 2019. 
That was disgusting. Luke, is that even a real? That must be one of those futuristic AI-generated yeah. players, Luke Falk. Um, the Eagles definitely got a a tough stretch. Um, week nine through <laughs> even fifteen, I'll say. Uh, week nine, home against the Cowboys, four thirty game. Then week ten, they have a bye, and then the next week, Monday night at Kansas City for Super Bowl rematch. And the following the Sunday they play the Bills. And then the next week, home against the Niners, 49ers. And then the next week at the Cowboys. And then the next week after that at Seattle. So that's definitely um a tough stretch for the Eagles. Um, but I guess, you know, if you want to be the best, you gotta play the best in uh, about like five consecutive weeks, probably. Um, then they'll finish things off week eighteen. Um, hopefully resting their starters at the Giants. Yeah, they they I don't like that. They play the Giants week sixteen and week eighteen. I feel like that's just way too late in the season. That's um, weird. Two out of three games. against yeah. one team to finish. They yeah, do have they a always... bye week in week seventeen against the Cardinals. They... <laughs> they'll be resting their starters at that point in week seventeen. Even if the they're still week. alive, they'll just rest it for the Giants game. Yeah, the, the Cardinals got to get in the um, Caleb Williams sweepstakes. They got to be preparing for the draft at that point. Um, but it's like, what's really annoying is it's going to be like the fifth season in a row or something. The Eagles are opening the season on the road. They're playing at the Patriots, 430, and the Patriots are honoring Tom Brady. Tom Brady's days. return. So I saw know, this is the highest <laughs> price game of the season right now. The Patriots? This or week, like yeah, this anywhere. Jets, uh, they're the Eagles Patriots game in week one. It's the highest ticket price. So, you know, that place is going to be loud and crazy. Um, hopefully, the Eagles don't pull any buffoolery nonsense week one. But, and then again, their home opener, which was last season against home against Minnesota, it's also home against Minnesota. Then they got to go from Sunday right to Thursday <laughs> to open the season at home. So, you get a nice. Couple days rest. I don't know why the NFL still does Thursday night games. If they care about player safety and injuries and all that, remove the Thursday games. No one, no one wants to even watch them. Half the time they're just like the Buccaneers versus the Panthers Titans or something. Texans. Yeah, it's just boring divisional teams. Panthers and Falcons. At least they had the black helmets. Yeah, they, and then they stopped that. I don't think they do the the color rush stuff anymore, right? Yeah, not really. It's not not too often, I don't think. Um, but you know, the Vikings and the Eagles have a little bit of like a mini rivalry. Same with the Eagles and the Forty uh, ers because all they do is keep complaining that the Forty ers would have beat the Eagles if the All World beater Brock Purdy, game. yeah, Brock Purdy wasn't. Um, well, it's um, Eagle. It's it's a four thirty game. So. Yeah. Game of the week. The Eagles have a ton of four o'clock games. Yeah, I'm season. seeing that now. Looking at that, how many one p.m. games? One, <laughs> I think they only have. I think they only two, have three. <laughs> three, three. Wow. Three one p.m. games. So it's a lot of four o'clock. A lot of Sunday night. Uh, oh, I saw. I saw two Thursdays in a row, but it was the preseason. I was like, that that doesn't make sense. Um, be a lot of primetime games, and one team that you know, I'm just going to go and say it off the bat that I'm sick of seeing. Prime time, and I think they have six games again this season as the Chargers. I'm sick and tired of seeing the Chargers in the prime time slot because every year half their team is decimated by injuries. Uh, and if they're only if they're playing the Chiefs, I'll allow it. But I'm just tired of seeing 
Chiefs, uh, the Chargers all the Every time. Every year, they just wait for the Chargers to break out and be a, one of the new Never contenders, do. and they just don't make that leap. They're like always right on, on the cusp of it, and they can't get there. Yeah, obviously, they're a good team, so it's not like there's nothing there, but it's just... It, Every year it just seems like oh Keenan Allen injured. Your your Mike Harris Williams injured weekly <laughs> weekly Mike Williams out for four weeks. Um but you know I had Austin Eckler last year. Not Darius Slater. I think it's the wrong Slater. tackle. But um, uh yeah. It, it's uh, only Jets, good for yeah, Jets have the Chargers on prime time. So hopefully the Jets will squash them. But I'm looking at this Eagles schedule. I feel like they have a chance to start the season off pretty good, like first five games. I think they'll be favored. You were in the week six. That's where the all the momentum. Yeah, week six is where the tough stretch starts, <laughs> right there. I mean, no, they have Miami after that. Now Washington's yeah. easy, but then Dallas, Kansas I mean, City, Washington. You know, they always give the Eagles a tough time. Yeah, definitely tough division. But I feel like those first. I mean, Patriots, Vikings, Bucks, Commanders at home, Rams. They should be able to get four or five of those games. But then week six. Definite loss. Uh, you run into the buzzsaw that is known as the New York Jets. By then, the Jets will have proven that they're real contenders. I don't know. The Jets have a kind of tough start to the year. I mean, it, nothing is as tough as it may have been considered previously when you have Aaron Rodgers and he can give you a chance every week. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, Buffalo, Dallas, New England is, look, I don't think they're the most intimidating team but the jets have lost 14 games in a row against the pats so until they beat them it should be considered a tough game then kansas city denver i'm not not too afraid of denver we'll see what sean payton can the, do but, but the uh, russell wilson revenge tour could be but uh not totally sold yet eagles obviously very tough game then they go into the bye giants charge and then after this i think maybe a little softer Giants, Chargers, Week Raiders. Week seven kind of early. Yeah, early bye. Uh, I mean, the Chiefs did have a pretty early bye last year, and they were able to win it. But the Jets, I guess, softer part comes later when they have the Falcons, Texans, Commanders, all at home in a four-week span. Um, but I don't know. I think when you have a good quarterback, like the Eagles do now, and I think the Jets do as well, you could... Jets uh, might, maybe. Who knows? Potentially. Uh, we'll see how he develops. Then I think you kind of eliminate the tough stretches and easy stretches. It's just, we're a good team. We can win any game. Let's just go out there and get the 12, 13, whatever you're trying to get to win your division. Well, at the um, at the late last season, I remember, <laughs> it was just instead of making the playoffs, it's let's just win a game. Let's score a <laughs> touchdown first. There was a couple games they just went without scoring a touchdown. Every week the goals went down a little bit. Mid-season, it was like if they beat the Patriots that one game, they would have been in first place in the division in November. Then after that, it was like, all right, let's just make the wild card. Then it was, let's win a game. Then it was, let's just score. Can we do that? Let's just get the ball past the line, the white line right at the end zone. That's the they haven't thing. scored a touchdown in 2023. The last three yeah. games, they didn't score a touchdown. Including two this year. It's quite so. Pathetic. Hopefully, a new uh, a new quarterback out there in Jetsland will uh, be able to change that. But who do the Jets play? Oh, the Bills. That's yeah. um. You know they could still tough defense. Is it home or away? Yeah, at home Monday night. Must be nice getting a um. 
an opening home game to start the season. The Eagles never get that. And I think pigs would fly where they did that. And if they do, you know, mark my words, they'll get it next year and they'll be home against the Commanders because that's who they always end up playing. Uh, maybe it'll be the Vikings if they somehow play. The Eagles are going to have a throwback jersey game this year, right? Yeah, the uh, the Kelly Green comes back. I don't know what week that'd be. Um, just looking at the schedule, maybe Sunday week nine against Dallas. How about San Francisco? That could be a good game. San Francisco would be cool like because they don't ever uniforms. stop complaining. <laughs> um, yeah, I could see. I think, I mean, what do you get? Three alternate jerseys a season, right? You get to wear three times? Yeah, I think so. So, you know, they got the all black. And I, I think if you, if it is the three, I think you'd prefer the Kelly Green probably twice and the all black once. Um, and they always seem to do it against the Giants. So, well, hmm. Maybe Sunday against Dallas. They did it last year, the All Black. They don't play uh, a night game against the Giants this season. Um, but yeah, 49ers, Cowboys could be a good spot for the Kelly Green. And then mm-hmm. Sunday night at, well, it can't be at the Chiefs. Probably Cowboys would be the All Black, I'd imagine. I heard rumors the Jets also might have their back. So we'll see. But, um, yeah, NFL offseason is essentially complete. We've had free agency, the draft, the schedule's out. Now we just got to sit back here and wait until training camp so then we could obsess over every little meaningless thing that happens in shorts and T-shirts. The, uh, the good 1v1 cornerback receiver reps. Some joint practices as well. No Jets-Eagles in the preseason this year for the first time in a while. But um, thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you guys on the next episode. Ooh.